0: How are we doing on this great Wednesday afternoon? My name is Hayden Joyner, and this is Off the Bench, your top sports talk show here on XLR, Land University Radio. I am joined with Chris Fortenberry and Liam Worley, and special guest, Brandon Blankenship. Guys, how's it going today? It's going good. Good. How are you? I'm Happy fan- to be here. I'm fantastic. It's a fun week in sports. we got March Madness coming up. F1 testing is concluded, and the first race of the season is coming up this weekend, and NFL free agency is just smack dab in the middle. It's going crazy right now. we got tons and tons to talk about today. But first off, Brandon, you're here. Congrats uh, to being here. I was here uh, on your show yesterday, so it's a nice little crossover event for us, too.
1: Yeah, it was really fun yesterday. I think that was definitely the best show that we've had on uh, B-Square. Y'all go check out B-Square on Tuesdays at 2. I know it's a little ironic with the twos and whatnot, but Uh yeah, no, it was definitely a really fun show. I really think that we really kind of hit on a lot of things revolving around March Madness, and I can't wait to cover it moving forward, and um, I'm excited to be here. Was it your
0: best show because I was on it?
1: that way. Yes, yes, Hayden, <laughs> yes, it was. It's, fun, it's funny enough. So, so Hayden also does like some filming outside of this and whatnot, and he had never been like an actor in any of like anyone's like project or mm-hmm, whatnot. And mm-hmm. I was I ended up being the first person who actually casted him as an actor as well. So I was talking to him yesterday because it was also his first time being a co-host. On another like a, show Like a guest on a yeah, show Yeah, a guest yeah, on a yeah. show And I was like This is funny how I always seem to bring out Like a new side of you or something so Yeah, exactly
0: <laughs> I, was, I was saying like Liam and Chris It was really nice to not have to pack up A bunch of cameras and stuff after a show Because yeah. I was just like oh, I'm just here as a guest I can just leave <laughs> But um, March Madness is kicking off tomorrow Well, it technically kicked off last night With our play-in games We got two yesterday, two today and um, I think yesterday it was Texas Southern winning and um, Indiana over Wyoming. Correct. So two of those games coming in. We have the next two games tonight, and then tomorrow on Thursday we are kicking off the NCAA tournament. And like we did last year, guys, me, Chris, and Liam, uh, we are doing our bracket challenge for Off the Bench Online, the ESPN Bracket Challenge. We each did three brackets, and we will go through some of those today as well. We're going to look at our final four predictions, bold upsets, Cinderella teams, and all of that. So we'll jump right into it. But um, First off, guys, I'll ask all of y'all how are we feeling about March Madness this year because the bracket's interesting. It's the second year we've had it since uh, for the show because the first year, obviously, uh, COVID knocked it out, so this is our second year doing it, and uh, I think this is one of the best brackets I've seen in a while.
2: Uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be highly competitive. Uh, you know, all three of our teams are in it. Uh, Brandon, I'm not so sure who you pull for. You know, They're
1: not in it. Who's your – Yeah, Carolina. Your, He's in a South, South Carolina. Carolina. Okay. <laughs>
2: Well, anyway, our three teams are all in it, and, you know, I know I have aspirations for my team. Hayden has aspirations for his. Chris, on the other hand, you know, <laughs> is just looking to try to get out of the first round. He so. just wants
0: to destroy Sister Jean in the first round and Yeah, let <laughs> Ohio State go on and, yeah, uh, and lose <over>. Yeah, those poor Catholics, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a fantastic, obviously, Kentucky and Auburn both as two seeds. Me and Liam are looking to go on a big run. Ohio State, seven seed out there in the south, and they'll look to go on a run. But I want to ask you first, guys, we'll start kind of at the small. We'll go to the big. I want to look at every region so far. So looking at the West region, obviously, number one, Gonzaga, number two, Duke, number three, Arkansas, and number – or not number – yeah, number four, Arkansas, number three, Texas Tech. That's the West bracket. Number one overall seed, Gonzaga, is in there. Looking at this bracket, there's a bunch of, obviously, some fun matchups. Uh, Greenville, our local city in South Carolina, is hosting two of those games, Michigan State, Davidson, and Duke, and SC Fullerton. So – What are we looking at in this group? Gonzaga is obviously the favorite for the whole tournament. I think like 62% of like brackets have like picked them or like 30 or some really high numbers picked Gonzaga to win the whole thing. So they're obviously the outright favorites this year, obviously the number one overall seed. Are there any games you're looking at here that's going to be like really interesting, tight, maybe some upsets that we're seeing in the West region?
2: I've heard a lot of talk about the Davidson Michigan State matchup, but Mm -hmm. uh, personally, uh, this is what Chris and I's professor, Dr. Fowler, told us yesterday. Shout out, Dr. Fowler. Uh, mm-hmm. The Memphis team, apparently they have the best player in the NCAA, according to him. And, you know, I did go and watch a YouTube video or so, and he, he looks pretty dang good. So, you know, I don't expect them to beat uh, Gonzaga in the second round, but I would expect them to compete at a high, uh, high level.
1: Yeah, and also uh, one of the matches that um, I've been looking at too, really that that entire like quad right there, Michigan State, Davidson, Duke, um, CSU, Fullerton, really. I mean, USC mm-hmm. Fullerton's just kind of there, but um, that that was also you know interesting to look at with Davidson and Michigan State and whatnot. I really feel like that's going to be a close game. But I want to tell you another game I'm looking at that UConn, Mexico's New Mexico State game because mm-hmm. I really think that New Mexico State has, has a really good shot to upset. UConn in that one and um in our match um over here too um we uh, I was also looking at as well Arkansas Vermont um Vermont coming in 28 and 5 holding their opponent opponents to about 60 points a game and whatnot uh they have one of the best records in you know college basketball right now uh going up against an Arkansas team that you know can be hit or miss or whatnot so I think that could definitely be a, a chance for an upset as well
0: Yeah, I'll I'll tag on to that Vermont line because Vermont's won 21 of the last 22 games. They stormed through their American East Conference tournament. And I believe I saw a stat the other day that, like, they they have, like, the largest margin of victory of, like, any team in college. Like, they win games, like, by blowout fashion. They win all of their games in the tournament, like, by 15, 20-plus points. They blow out teams. And not necessarily saying they're going to blow out Arkansas, but it means they come in pretty hot. And hot teams are super dangerous. I know I'm going to mention State, uh, South Dakota State later in the show as well when we get to some stuff. And f- for a lot of the kind of predictions so far, people are like, Vermont's not like super unfavored in this game. Like yeah. they're they're in this game in the betting odd thing. And I've this fourteen uh, three or this four to thirteen matchup. I'm seeing as an upset potential. I'm definitely saying,
2: Christopher, what you got for us?
3: <clears throat> yeah, I think um, I like the Davidson Michigan State matchup. Like you said, I think that's going to be. A good game and potential upset for sure. Um, Vermont is a team I'm high on for my bracket. I have them going pretty far, so I was kind of along the same lines, Mm -hmm. and uh, I was going to ask you guys, do you think there's, you know, of the one seeds that we see, who do you think is the most vulnerable? I was thinking Kansas would be mine, but
0: it's definitely Kansas or Baylor. I'd say Baylor's missing some pieces. They're definitely looking vulnerable, and in that second round matchup for Baylor, they're going to have to play either North Carolina or Marquette. Both teams that are coming in at a good time, especially North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Marquette's been kind of underrated a lot of the se- of the season, but uh, Shaka Smart and that squad is going to definitely put a beating, or a, not even not necessarily a beating, onto Gonzaga. But if they get the chance to play them in the second round, they're going to put up a good fight.
2: I'll say the Jayhawks. I think Kansas is they've not looked terrible all season, but they've kind of looked shifty, you know. Sometimes they're a lot more there than they are usually. I mean, a lot of teams do that, but Kansas especially to me.
1: Um, I don't know, really, uh, to, to tell you the truth. I, I mean, I think, you know, coming in, I, I mean, I think both are like all four number one seeds. I think they're all pretty good. Um, The one that really kind of, I don't know, this is just kind of me. I know that I'm kind of high on, on Baylor myself, but I do know that they have a lot of things coming in that, you know, Kind of struggling with down the long run and stuff like that, but just with the experience of the team, not to mention they just won the national championship last year, I feel like they that that gives them a little more credibility as to mm-hmm. being the strongest. So, but I think if you're looking at it like a team basis, I think going into it, I think they are probably the weakest of the four. So, yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go further than what people expect.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they like I was saying, they're kind of injured, they lost their starting center for the whole year at the beginning of the season, uh, Jonathan Chachama to chachua i can never say that name i've tried it like three times because i was hearing it on a podcast can't say it but they lost him for the season that was one of the big things and whoever they get in that second round like i'm saying north carolina marquette marquette plays a very very fast-paced offense team that you know it's a different kind of play than you're typically used to in uh, college basketball so that can be a, a very you know trend-setting way to make an upset and then north carolina obviously they're always gonna have that potential for an upset we've seen eight like low-seeded Blue Blood teams in the past. I talked on Brandon's show about the UConn-Kentucky 2015 National Championship, which was a seven versus an eight. So Blue Blood teams that are low-ranked definitely have the ability to make those runs just because of their pedigree alone. So that's going to be an interesting one with Baylor. I think they're going to lose. I'll stay with the East here. Obviously, my team, Kentucky, is the number two team in this bracket. And there's definitely this, – this, this region, I'd say the East, is the most interesting. I mean, we got Virginia Tech – who's an, just an upset waiting to happen. Murray State, San Francisco, probably one of the most electric mid-major matchups in the first round we could see. And as well, St. Mary's about beat, or I think they did beat Gonzaga once, and they put in a good fight in, the, in, the, in that conference tournament for them. And St. Mary's in this definitely could stick it to Baylor if they make it that far. And then, of course, you can't discredit UCLA, a team that made a run from the first four to the final four last year and definitely are explosive as number four seed. Do we see? I'll ask you all this question just for the East alone, coming out of this region to the Final Four. Who would you put your bets on, your money on right now of all those teams? Because there's a lot, there's at least four teams I'd say have a very, very good shot. Out of out. which one you said? Out of the East. Ba- S- Baylor, Kentucky, Purdue, UCLA, your top four.
2: So this is my CBS bracket that I'm actually looking at here uh, that I'm doing with my church group. And uh, I have Baylor coming out of it. But I'm not like 100% rock steady on that.
3: Mm -hmm. I got, I think of all the teams, the one that scares me the most, believe it or not, there's two UCLA and Virginia Tech. Mm. Yeah. But I think UCLA, I mean, because UCLA, I think they're coming off last year knowing they should have. Uh, probably went further because they yeah. kind of got
0: – I mean, they were a buzzer-beater yeah. away from ha- going into overtime with Gonzaga. Or exactly. Either, or double overtime, whatever it was. I can't remember and to make it the national championship.
3: What Juzang's still there, and he's probably going to want to take mm-hmm. and take that run all the way to the championship. Old this year. Johnny. Yeah, yeah, so. Still mad he left Kentucky, but it's all well. And <laughs> personally, I didn't know me and Liam talked about it. Indiana's another scary team. You know, they could they could definitely make a run at some point. Yeah, man, and uh, they, they played their way in last yeah. night, so North that's Carolina, already locked. You know, there's a lot – that this is a scary, scary – uh, part of the bracket, this east side?
1: Yeah, Um. so <clears throat> I think the scariest team that's in the east is definitely Virginia Tech just because of the run they got in the ACC tournament and whatnot, and they're definitely going to ride that momentum in. But who I got coming out? Uh, personally, I think it's going to be between – again, I, I throw Baylor in there, but I think personally the most likely is either going to be Kentucky or Purdue. Personally, to me, it's going to be one of those two.
0: Yeah, I feel, Purdue's been a weird team, in a lot of brackets I've seen is that people are kind of discrediting Purdue. They're making them be an early exit against a Virginia Tech or against uh, maybe even losing to Yale first round or Texas the second round. Like they're not making. A lot of people aren't having Purdue going a long, a long way. At best, I've seen a lot of Sweet Sixteen appearances, but then of course losing to Kentucky as the two seed. So, and I don't understand the hate on Purdue. I have them winning the national championship in one of my brackets, and I have them going relatively far. And my other ones, I have them usually falling to Kentucky, just because I, I feel like Kentucky's the team to beat in this region, because I just don't think Baylor has the strength right now to compete that far. But people forget, Purdue held the number one overall rank in the nation for a week or so this season. I like, think it been, was for multiple weeks. Yeah, it was, it was one or a few weeks, and they've been up there in the top 10 for a long time. They're a number three seed for a reason, and I think a lot of people are kind of underestimating them, but... I don't know, maybe, there's, maybe I'm missing something the here. The problem here, so.
3: and the reason why that is, is because the Big Ten always does great in the regular season and underachieves in the tournament. That's, that's been going that's on that for that years. That's that Big Ten incident I like, Chris. I mean, I, I, you see every year Ohio State lost to uh, Oral, Roberts. Oral, Roberts Oral Roberts last Oral Roberts. year, and we're a two seed. You know, that, I mean, that's just the – uh, I think Michigan probably does the best of the Big Ten teams in the tournament. And they're an 11th seed. Yeah. And, and, and they have
2: coaching problems. Yeah. So, know. No, I'm
3: saying typically in the past they're the better team that what plays
2: was, in the I 100% but, agree, yeah. but I don't expect that to translate to what this was, year. What was no. the
0: last Big Ten national
3: championship? Do I we, think it was
1: Wisconsin?
3: Was it, was I it know it they went con- to the championship. Did they win? I don't... Did, or maybe did was they, I think to win? they lost... Last time it was yeah.
0: it was 2016-15 season where they beat the undefeated Kentucky in the Final Four. I think they lost to Duke that year. I think that's the closest they had a Big Ten team. Match. I
3: don't remember. I uh, remember Frank the Tank was on one y'all of the ready teams. For yeah, that, that was that squad, yeah. Okay. A Big Ten team hasn't won a national championship since the 1999-2000 season. That was mm. Michigan State. Oh. Yikers. Yikers. So there you go. That's why no one should pick Big Ten teams to win because we just oh. don't perform. <laughs> well, you taking Good
0: the stat. I like Chris's bull prediction that Michigan of all the Big Ten teams are going to go the furthest in the bracket. Oh,
2: I didn't say no, that. No, that. That oh, was that, that was in the past. No, like, no, it was what's in the happened past. as of late? I'm, I'm saying gotcha. they
3: typically make it further than us because uh, we haven't made it to past the Sweet 16. I don't think since like 2013. And it was
2: like Illinois last year. Illinois was so high going into the bracket, and they absolutely just. Did not do anything. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: well, well, speaking of Big Ten, Chris, you're Ohio State Buckeyes. You're facing number 10, the Loyal Chicago, the Catholics, the the Final Four run a few years ago, the Sweet 16 run, I believe, last year. They're America's favorite underdog right now. It reminds me of, like, the VCU couple runs or the Butler runs in the past. Like, I think Butler was, like, 2010-11. VCU had, like, the 2014-15 season. Oh, and dude. Now, I had a bunch of VCU gear at one point in time. <laughs> you were a nice bandwagon <laughs> yes, VCU sir, fan. Yes, <laughs> sir, I was. <laughs> but now Loyola Chicago has kind of taken that spotlight, and you get to face them first over first round, Chris. And uh, after the disappointing end to your number 2 seed Buckeyes last year, losing to Oral Roberts, as a 2-over-15. How are you feeling about this matchup going in? I just want your, I just want your personal insight.
3: This is, this is what I know about Ohio State. We beat teams we shouldn't beat, and we lose the teams we should beat. So that's, that's kind of how we, how we roll. I mean, we're facing a team that actually is favored to beat us, I think, from what I've hmm. seen. Um, they have the better odds, I think, to beat us, but which may help us. I don't know. I know we beat Duke, and that completely shocked me when they were number one at the time. Uh, we held held our own against Purdue, beat Illinois, um, but down the stretch we had one of the worst runs down the stretch I think I've ever seen for a basketball team. And uh, I just I don't I don't think we're going to come out on top. I think we we're not a very a team that plays with a lot of passion, it doesn't seem they don't seem to get fired up and, and ride out the uh, the waves of energy. So I think um, I don't I don't see us coming out on top. I think Loyola Chicago wants it more, and they're going to show it whenever hmm. we play. This
2: says y'all are a pick 'em against Loyola. So, a, f- a 50-50 yeah. shot? Mm.
0: Exactly. wow that's a uh, I, I mean, but that.
3: of course that's subject to change. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me personally, I hope we get beat by 40 so we fire our head coach cuz he's just terrible. <laughs> he so, can't win games.
1: Sticking to the south right here. So, that, so there's a couple matchups here that, I, that I'm really looking forward to. First of all, the Ohio State Loyola-Chicago. I think that's going to be a really good one, but A couple interesting ones here. So you got Illinois versus Chattanooga. And I know not a lot of people are talking about this, but this is a big team versus another big team. And generally when you have two teams like that that match up, that usually creates a really good match. So definitely that's one to watch. And also you have um, Houston versus UAB. UAB putting up 80 points a game. Houston, you know, with their great defense and stuff like that, it's like two clashes of – You know, like high offense versus great defense, I think that would be a really good matchup to watch there. So
2: Yeah, going back to our our professor, Dr. Fowler, he's a Houston fan. And uh, we talked about this one extensively in class because the UAB stats are just great. They look great on paper. They've been playing great. Uh, I think they won the Conference USA or whatever heck conference they're in anymore. And uh, I have them making it all the way to the Sweet 16. So I definitely expect to see them uh, do a little damage in the first round to Houston.
3: I mean, if you look at the uh, the matchup, you know, little comparisons, mm-hmm. you can see, like you were saying, with the Houston defense and the UAB offense, but Houston's one of the worst free throw shooting teams in Division One, mm-hmm. And that can cost you down the stretch. If it comes down to free throws, that's not good if, it, it, if you're do Houston. You, so. Do you
0: personally know the rank that Houston has in free throws this year? No, it isn't. is bad. Have, they're bad. 66.9% from the free throw line. That is 320th in the country. Ooh. Ooh. Out of how many? I, I couldn't tell you how many, but it can't be very much more than 320. It's 300-something, yeah.
2: <laughs> 300 I believe. <laughs>
0: yeah, so very bottom percentile of the country. Yeah.
2: yeah, Yikes. And I'll say
0: with UAB, I mean, like y'all said, they score 80.7 points per game, seventh in the nation. They're a high-octane offense. Jordan Walker elite player, twenty tw- almost 21 points per game, about five assists per game, and he has the ability to take over a game like we've seen in his year. He's electric, he's electrifying, and uh, he has the he has kind of like that star power to lead a team to an upset win like this and kind of make himself a March Madness legend, though, they say. So.
1: And I want to make another note, too. I, didn't, I I completely forgot about this. I mentioned this yesterday on my show, personally, but now I know you are going to laugh. You're going to laugh, mm-hmm. and that's okay. But Arizona and I really want to see this match tonight between Wright State and Bryant because Bryant University has the highest scoring player in college football or college basketball today. And uh, Peter Kiss, he score, he's averaging 27 points a game. If they get in versus Arizona, that could be a really good match. I don't know. Interesting. It second second That could be over a really history. good match. I, <laughs> All right.
3: Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, wait, you, what do you got, Chris? I was just saying, what what were y'all's opinions on, or how do y'all feel about the TCU Seton Hall matchup? Because that's an 8 versus a 9. Those are honestly just flip them, <clears throat>
0: flip, flip a coin and see who I want. Yeah. I don't know much about either of those teams, honestly. TCU and Seton Hall both have been teams in the tournament before that have. Kind of made noise, but nothing too too crazy. Well, so Seton
2: Hall was ranked top ten pretty early in the season. They were, and now they're it. an eight seed in the tournament. So I'm kind of leaning towards the Horned Frogs here.
0: That's what I have. I think I have it literally like 50-50 on who I pick. Like there's some eight-nine matchups that I'm a hundred percent on. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going with Creighton most of the time. I'm going, I'm going with Memphis pretty much every single time.
2: I'm with you on both of those. I don't know
0: if I have a Memphis over Gonzaga second round prediction yet, but I do have a. You have we have about twenty more hours until we can submit a bracket. So you might, yeah. Brandon's got one, so I'm sure I might have <clears throat> some sneaky thing there. I don't know if it's for off the bench or maybe my other leagues, but yeah, I definitely want to make one just in case it happens. I can
1: say I kind just of
3: just for it fun, about.
2: dog. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. yeah, what about, fun. What about Colorado State? No one really talks about them as a sixth seed. Now well,
1: that's an interesting match too, because you know Colorado State versus uh, Michigan and whatnot. I think uh, Michigan could definitely easily upset them. Uh, Colorado State coming into this one, uh, they're 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 pretty evenly matched. I mean, Michigan giving up sixty nine a game versus CSU's is uh, sixty five. Though the big thing here is that they both evenly pretty match on offense I mean they're both scoring you know 73 a night um you know CSU wanted to slower pace teams and college mm-hmm. basketball whatnot uh Michigan definitely you know didn't really have the best of records this year had a worse record than my Gamecocks <laughs> didn't
2: even make the NIT
1: yeah didn't even make the NIT yet Michigan somehow <laughs> weasels their way into an 11c so I mean you Tell strength, me about that. Strength but, of schedule, I guess. But, strength of schedule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, no. They had um,
3: some good wins, too.
1: Yeah. They had a couple good wins. But, yeah, no, I definitely think uh, that's kind of – I almost want to say that's more of like a like y'all were saying, a flip it game because it's like we don't really know how good San Diego, or um, Colorado State really is. But then again, we know Michigan comes from the Big Ten, so –
0: I'm just holding out hope for a Michigan Ohio State matchup in the Sweet 16, just to, just to see what would happen.
2: That would be a show. Yeah,
0: that would be. that would be fun. I mean, have you seen the brackets people are making where it's like the NCAA bracket if it was football? Like, have you seen one of those before? Dude, yeah,
2: I have, but you know, one of those <laughs> might work one day. Who knows? Yeah, I'll it's say, all yeah. luck, dog. It's yeah, all it luck. Is.
0: What's funny enough is they've had Kentucky make the Final Four like in a few of those. Like they're like, "Oh, Kentucky's better than Baylor," and I'm like, "Really? I don't know." But we at least make <laughs> not in football. We at least make the Elite Eight in like most of them that I've seen. I've seen probably like a dozen already just from different outlets, and I'm like, "Hey, a top eight of all these teams in football—that's pretty good." But everyone has Michigan beating Ohio State, but that's just because they're going off of last year, yeah. And it happened. So yeah, Michigan's winning the whole thing, and a lot of them, I think, well, and Alabama, but ah, it's fun. But, all right, we're gonna close off this one. I want to hear what you guys have to say. First off, let's just give me—I know we do it—we've all done a bunch of brackets, but your main Final Four prediction, what we're thinking—the top four teams you have going the most often, or you're just feeling the most confident about, regardless of how crazy out there it is—it could be all ones, it could be all sixteens, I don't care. But we'll start with you, Brandon. What do you have in for your your general sweets or uh, Final Four prediction?
1: Uh, Final Four, oh, it's tough. Um, so here I have to go to another one, like my favorite one that I've uh, had so. far. i think it was this one maybe um yeah so i don't know i I mean i've been kind of feeling a a good number of teams and whatnot really it's kind of a toss-up but the ones that i always seem to kind of make their way to the forefront um has always been so far it's been kansas tennessee um kentucky's always up there i funny enough i have arkansas up mm. there arkansas is up there i really think like their pattern and whatnot could get them there i just don't know if, if i trust duke in the long run because that's something i have seen is as the season went on you know regular seasons like they were so good and they dipped. they lost to north carolina last game at cameron indoor we get to the acc tournament Yeah, they get through it and then they get to the final one and then they lose to virginia tech so i just don't know if they're <laughs> going to be able to go the whole distance and get to the uh, if they get to the Final Four, I mean, I had them get into the Final Four a couple times in mind, but I just don't know if I can see them winning the entire thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, Arizona has been up there a couple times. I definitely think they'll get there. Gonzaga, obviously, I think they're the favorite, but I just don't know if I trust them either getting all the way because they just seem to always find a way to just kind of cop out at some point.
0: Yeah.
2: So this is my favorite bracket, uh, and I got Gonzaga, Baylor. Arizona, and then I did pick Auburn coming out of the Midwest, but I...
0: You just get to squeeze a, a two seed in there after yeah, all those ones. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: honestly, I mean, beside the team in the Midwest, like I heard you say a little something about them, South Dakota State. Yeah. And Providence looked shaky against Creighton. They, they got beat very, by like 32 or something. Very shaky. So I got Kansas losing to Creighton. In the second round, and I got South Dakota State beating Providence. There's two of our guys mm-hmm. that would be opposing us, and then, very true. You know, if we can beat Wisconsin, we might be able to sneak into the final. Four. I'd be
0: worried about that second round, though. If you get USC, they're definitely a very dominant team. Miami can be scrappy too, so one of those teams definitely, I feel like they they'll cause a bit of headache. As long
2: as we don't play selfishly, we'll be okay. Yeah.
1: Oh, we didn't talk about the Midwest. South Dakota State. Oh my gosh. Oh no,
0: yeah. We'll get to it in a second. I'm gonna get. A, I'm gonna get after our final fours. We're gonna get to our uh, like our big Cinderella runs, and I'll definitely get to that. Chris, how are we feeling on your final four prediction?
3: I I like uh, Gonzaga, UCLA, that rematch. Oh yeah, that be And then good. I'm really liking this Tennessee Iowa State matchup in the final four as well. Iowa State. Wow, Iowa State is oh. your typical Cinderella squad. eleven seed. All right, yeah. they do everything well, everything at a high level, and I think they're a good traditionally a good team in the tournament i think they could do some damage and i think no one's really expecting them to do anything so i think they're a a bracket buster and they're going to make a deep run i like them in the final four
0: yeah for my final four i'm going to start out with a little bit of a a bold one here a little prediction a little not super bold but a little out there number one overall seed gonzaga is not making it instead in the elite eight they're going to lose to number three texas tech both teams insanely good texas tech has had you know tons of wins obviously they beat baylor twice they've beat kansas they've beat Tennessee, they have a great resume, one of the best defensive teams in the country as well. And fun fact, the number one seed has beaten the number three seed 13 of the last 16 times since in the last, like, 14 years. So, you know, history kind of favors Gonzaga if this is a matchup in the sweet or in the Elite Eight with the number one versus number three. But the last three seed to beat a one seed was Texas Tech over Gonzaga in the twenty nineteen final or elite eight. So you're doing swell, bud. History repeats mm-hmm. itself. So Texas Tech going through. I'm having Kentucky coming out of the East because I'm just not a fan if I don't. And Arizona, my number one seed and probably one of my favorites for the national championship coming out of the south. They're a little sneaky bet there. And as well, I'm having Iowa out of the Midwest. I think they're going to take care of business in their side, defeat Kansas in an upset and make a nice little run. Kind of my really, really bold pick there. I want to have at least one. Texas Tech you can claim is sub-mid bold. I don't know. But Iowa is number five seed going to the Nash- to the final four. That's definitely a bold one I'm going to put in. But to round us out here, I want to hear our one big Cinderella protagonist for this year. There's gonna be one. It's gonna happen, whether it's a sweet sixteen or a lead eight run of a double digit seed or just a high single digit seed at eight or a nine. What do we have going? I know Brandon, you were talking South Dakota or, uh, South Dakota State. So what are we thinking?
1: Um, I'm gonna be so honest with you, and I know not a lot of people are gonna agree with me on this just because of their, you know, like their ranking here. But I mean, let's talk about say uh South Dakota State right quick. They're thirty and four. Their defense is pretty good. Holding their their opponent to 73 points in a night, 86.7 points a game. They have a highly electric offense. And as we alluded to earlier, 21 straight wins Mm -hmm. coming into this tournament. Now, I will say the first match that they're going against is a very strong Iowa team that also not only has probably one of the best players in college basketball today, but – you know just won their uh their conference but if they get past Iowa then they face Kansas and as we've mentioned Kansas can be a bit iffy so can they make the sweet 16 definitely if they make the sweet 16 i think they make the elite 8 mm. I don't think they go further than the Elite Eight, but I think they'll make the Elite Eight. Because they'll run into Auburn. will mm. <laughs> <laughs> so Well, it depends on who they run to. They may even make the Final Four. I mean, we've had 13C make the Final Four, not two. Or was it 11? I can't remember. It was,
2: uh, I
0: think Loyola,
2: Loyola Chicago 11, was an
0: 11, yeah. the last really big one. Yeah, well, UCLA was.
2: They we
1: were, were
0: a 12 or 11. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they so. were, that was another double-sided seed. It happens. It happens. Yeah. It happens. yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, mine is out of the Midwest as well, but that's Creighton. Uh, I got them going to the Elite Eight. I think uh, I think they'll handle business against San Diego State. Like I said earlier, I think Kansas is the shakiest looking number one seed to me. Uh, and then I have the South Dakota State Creighton matchup mm-hmm. in the Sweet Sixteen. So I got Creighton winning and then uh, eventually losing to Auburn in the Elite Eight.
0: Yeah, Chris, who is your sneaky sneaky Cinderella pick? Iowa State. I was, oh yeah, you already mentioned it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. very true. And I'm just going to double up on Brandon. I already had uh, South Dakota State penciled in. I will add on top of that, they are second in the nation in points per game, like Brandon said 86.7% or 86.7 points per game, 52.5 field goal percentage, second in the nation, and most importantly, 44.9% from three, which is also leading the country. They're an electric offense, like Brandon said. Douglas Wilson, Baylor uh, Schneelman and Noah Friedel all average over 14 points per game, all guys able to go off. And I know if you watch the uh, the Summit League Championship against uh, it was them against North Dakota State, the battle of the uh, Dakotas, that was kind of like, it was a high scoring, it was in the 70s, but it was a very, very slow-paced game, very big defensive game. But And that's kind of a lot of people I've seen kind of say, this team's not who they say they are, but I feel like that was an exception of a game because those two teams that play each other, they're a big rivalry, they know each other. Once they get here to Providence, like Liam was talking about province has been a little shaky had a really big a t- uh, bad bad game in the Big East and um I do think South Dakota State's gonna win that and defeat maybe Iowa maybe Richmond if Richmond can pull it off the Spiders definitely know how to make an upset yeah, I don't yeah. think they're gonna go super far but if South Dakota State somehow gets Richmond in the second round they're definitely going to Sweet 16 and then maybe facing Creighton or uh you know Kansas whoever they want in the uh, Sweet 16 and maybe the Elite 8 so yes, yeah, sure I don't know I think this is gonna be a crazy tournament we'll see how it goes and uh we'll obviously be keeping tabs on in the next couple of weeks like we always do but we're going to go into a quick song break when we get back we got NFL free agent news so stay tuned to that if you are not following us on social media please follow us there at off the bench XLR you can find video clips quotes and more from the show just look us up at off the bench XLR on Instagram primarily check us out there give us a follow and we'll be back after this break with some NFL free agency talk and we are back here on off the bench my name is Hayden Joyner joined with Chris Fortenberry Liam Worley and Brandon Blankenship here we just finished talking about March Madness tournament preview predictions and sleepers for our Cinderella stories of this year so check us out there yeah listen to the podcast if you did not catch that topic but we are going into NFL free agency now tons of stuff happening Jadarius Smith just renounced or just announced to the Ravens on on Twitter while we were doing our last segment and we just have tons and tons of free agency news to talk about but first off we were on spring break for the last week. We missed the whole week of news. Obviously, some crazy stuff went down. I want to start out just with like the main news, the two, the two really big headlines: Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. Obviously, first I'll talk Tom Brady coming out of retirement. I mean, who? I mean, I will say, and I kind of have this written down. I when we talked on the show when he retired in the first place, I was kind of, kind of shocked at the fact that he was retiring. Obviously, led the league in touchdowns and passing yards last season. Almost was you know super super close to make a second straight NFC Championship game with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I was kind of surprised he was retiring. I thought he still had a lot in him. I get that he's old. He wants to spend time with his family. But he's obviously sick of his family already because he came back unretired and is back with the Bucs for his 23rd NFL season in hopes of getting another Super Bowl ring. What was y'all's kind of general thoughts when this was announced and he came back?
2: I just felt bad for the guy who bought that football. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The day after
0: he buys it, too. Yeah. $500,000. Yeah.
2: I mean, you know, this – wasn't necessarily unexpected I mean it was kind of a shocker that it was this quick only two months into his so-called retirement but you know here we are Tom Brady you know supposedly going yard again with the Buccaneers so you know it's not really interesting because it's just like the team hasn't switched since he's left you know they still got all the coaches for the most part and all the players for the most part you know it's it's you know, he's going to go dancing again.
3: Yeah, it's essentially like, it never even, like he never even retired. It was two months. The yeah. team never changed. Nothing changed other than him leaving and coming right back. So it was, it's there's nothing different. The roster's the same. The scheme's the same. It's just Brady's net still playing. Yeah,
0: well, what's crazy is that in our bowl prediction we did before spring break, I think I made one. I think Chris or one of you, I think Chris did it where it was like, oh, the NFC is going to be kind of wide open this next year. You know, I said like, oh, you know, it's going to be run by Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, and Dak Prescott. But now, because, you know, I was like, oh, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady are all going to be gone. Drew Brees has been out for a year, so, you know, there's just going to be a lot of young quarterbacks and just, like, backups. But now Aaron Rodgers is back, Tom Brady's back, and they're, I'm pretty sure, the number one-two punch for the odds to win this, the NFC. So man, probably,
2: you know, they're very high up in the MVP odds, too. Yeah,
0: so it's just, you know, business as usual, back at it. We'll have to wait another couple of years until these guys retire again. I don't know what? Do we know what Brady's terms are on his contract for coming back? Was it just like a one year kind of thing? Did he I sign anything yet? I
1: didn't see, yeah, anything. I haven't seen
2: any details yeah. of it yet.
0: Yeah, so like I wonder what, I wonder what the actual terms are because I'm assuming either that or he's running out the same contract. But I'm pretty sure his Tampa Bay contract was only two years, it was a two year deal, so I feel like he has to sign something new. But it's just kind of like expected. The
3: terms come out, 10 year deal, or I'm like, oh my yeah. god, <laughs> all I
1: know, here's all I know. He must have spent one month in that in that parking lot picking up his kids. He said, uh-uh, "I ain't doing this, <laughs> one, one, honey. Get get my playbook. I'm going back."
0: <laughs> he, saw, he saw those gas prices and was just wanted to get out of there.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did see that meme. Yeah. I don't think it has anything to do necessarily with family, as much as to me, when you have an athlete uh, like Brady, like Tiger. Yeah. If you have one percent belief that you can still play at the highest level, they're going to do it. Like, there's no reason Tiger Woods should have come back now. second time that he's going to yeah because he's already established himself as one of the greatest of all time if not the greatest all-time Well,
0: well, uh, Brady was apparently like in text with like LeBron and I know he spoke with like Ronaldo As like you know Mm -hmm. both both of the other two kind of like you know old guys in their sports that are still dominating and he's like well if they can do it why can't I
2: Ronaldo scored a hat trick and then the day after he you know, comes back and says, yeah, yeah, let's play some more football. Yeah,
0: like LeBron just dropped like 60
3: or something stupid. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know,
0: he's like, you know, why not?
3: We can still dog these young kids. Of course. And Brady said before he was only he was only going to leave if he felt like he couldn't contribute. And he, by far he should have won the MVP last year. Everyone can agree on yeah, that. He <laughs> yeah, he definitely contributed, yeah. Definitely should not have been Aaron Rodgers. I think Brady was by far the better player with now, the better team.
0: Now on the topic of coming out of retirements, Chris – Or is Andrew Luck's odds back on the table since it's proven to be possible?
3: Listen, he's probably not coming back, but it makes sense. Like If I was him, I would definitely consider it, especially if Brady, who's what, 44, 44. comes back um, to play in. I mean, just listen, you can milk this whole I don't want to get injured crap all you want, but Uh everyone's out there doing it. Brady's been doing it for years. I mean, go out there. You have the offensive line now. You have the defense for it. The Colts are one piece away from winning a Super Bowl, and it's just a quarterback. It wasn't Carson Wentz, and who knows what
0: they're going to get. I'll ask you all this. Is there a bigger chance that, uh, you know, just since this is the train that Chris has been around, is there a bigger chance Andrew Luck comes out of retirement or that Colin Kaepernick comes back in the league?
3: Probably Kaepernick.
1: Probably Kaepernick just because of the fact that we all know that. I I think um, Andrew Luck is pretty headstrong on the idea of not playing anymore, and I know Colin Kaepernick really wants to get back on the field. Uh, for better or for worse. I don't know. I've I've, I've seen some of the film. I've seen uh, what he did a couple years ago. I wasn't very impressed personally, but that's just my personal opinion. Obviously, I I can't really say nothing because I never, (laughs) I didn't play football past middle school, but um, from like going from not playing for the past five, six years or something like that, I just don't see him getting back into it competitively. Maybe it's like someone to fill in for an injury, but yeah, I think the odds there are probably a lot better. Well, also Tyler Lockett
0: did a workout with Colin Kaepernick, I think today or yesterday, and said that he's looking in like phenomenal shape, and he should. And he like said he should definitely get a role. And I don't know, unless you're trying a role with Drew Locke, the Seahawks are kind of open to a quarterback right now. No, so. oh,
2: no, man, Drew Locke, he's got a little bit of potential, but nothing, nothing special. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we'll
0: segue into obviously Seattle and Drew Locke and Russell Wilson and this mega trade that happened. People are saying it's the biggest trade since the Herschel Walker trade back with Dallas like a long time ago. And I mean, I kind of see the the comparisons. Obviously, biggest trade, biggest move of the offseason so far. Russell Wilson traded to the Denver Broncos. Denver got Russell Wilson and a 2022 fourth round pick. And then Seattle, the haul of stuff they got. They got a 22 a uh, 2022 first round pick, a 2023 first round pick, 2022 second round, 2023 second round, and a 2024 fifth round, as well as tight end Noah Fant and quarterback Drew Locke. Drew Locke, Russell Wilson, kind of like a, they kind of threw him in, I guess, to give them a quarterback to work with instead of Geno Smith, wherever their backup is right now. Yeah, it's so, yeah, Geno Smith. Yeah, I'd rather
1: have Geno Smith. I'd rather have Drew Lock. I'd rather have Drew Lock. I would rather have drew locke i do not know. I, I don't know. I kind of liked um what Geno Smith was doing there for a little bit. I, I just don't know if I just don't know if I trust Drew Lock because he's kind of a turnover machine. And at least at least Geno will at least give you the opportunity to be in games and whatnot. Drew Locke will just throw it just turn the ball over too much. I mean, That's honestly, my I
0: don't
3: trust either of them.
0: And now Seattle does hold the number nine overall pick from Denver. So is there a chance
3: they dig into the quarterback market? There's no Douthful. reason to. Yeah. I mean, why would you pick a quarterback who is un- – like all the quarterbacks in the draft this year are completely toss-ups, whether they're going to succeed or not. Very true. You- There's no mm-hmm. – nothing that tells me that any of them are going to succeed. I don't – honestly, personally, maybe one of them will do better than I expect, but I don't think any of them are going to be that good. Hmm. So
0: they're just going to roll with Drew or Sinking? Uh, you, d- you have I to. I think so. Take, the-
3: take a bet down here.
2: I kind of think – and never mind. We'll we'll get in that in a little bit later.
1: <laughs> have yeah. the struggle year and then build into yeah. you know something else, a rebuild.
0: But for the Denver side of things, obviously you know they lose a bunch of picks, but you get Russell Wilson in return. They went from the fourth best odds to the second best odds to win the AFC West in a lot of sports books. Do they have a chance to compete with Kansas City now? Do they have like the chance to be included in that upper echelon of the AFC with so many young quarterbacks and so many elite teams in that conference?
1: So here's my opinion with this. Right. So so it's funny because. You know, you, you would think you get Russell Wilson. It's like okay, it's an all you know fix all, be all, whatnot. But my thing is, I feel like they're gonna have the same kind of issue that the um, twenty twenty um, Buccaneers had with Tom Brady, where there's a bit of a a period where everyone's kind of getting meshed well together. So that kind of um, you know getting like homogenized and stuff like that, and starting to learn to work together and stuff like that. I definitely think they'll make the playoffs, and I definitely think. As the later of the year goes on, the stronger they're going to get. And honestly, mm-hmm. I, I think they'd be a favorite in the AFC, but I don't think they win their division this year. Not next season, yeah. But this season, I still think Kansas City gets it done. Or the Chargers, I don't know who's going to come out of gate because that, that division outside of the Raiders is just – Bonkers now. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Chargers also improved. They <laughs> yeah, tons of assets so far. Especially on defense.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I think the Broncos are going to have a tough time making the playoffs this year. I mean, you got the Chiefs and the Chargers in your own division. Of course, the Raiders are you know in shambles a little bit right now, but you know that that was to be expected. I mean, Russell Wilson does have a young receiving core to throw it to with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Uh, you know, I'm not too positive that the offensive line is great, so I'm not sure that uh, he's going to be happy with that. And uh, I still think they need a decent running back. I mean, who they have? Melvin Gordon well, right now? Oh.
3: No, no, that kid's good. The rookie they got yeah. from Javante. Oh, yeah, Javante Williams. Javante Williams. He showed a stud. little bit of promise, at least, at the okay. end of the year. Well,
2: yeah. yeah, I mean, if you can, you know, give someone else Russell Wilson's load, that way you're not passing, you know, 80% of the time. You'll be you'll be able to hang around in some games and maybe you can sneak in as a wild card.
0: I mean, I can make the bold prediction now that I don't think they're gonna even make the playoffs. I feel like they're gonna be one of those like ten and seven kind of teams that's gonna be fighting for a playoff spot. But in the AFC that's just absolutely loaded with talent right now, a ten and seven might not be good enough for a playoff spot. That might just be as on the fringe of a seven or an eight seed and they might fall in that eight-seed category. Which is
1: crazy to consider the, in the AFC. It's that. Like, I mean, it really is that stack. Where really, if you think about it, this coming season in the NFC, you could have a team that has a losing record like a 7-10 and or 8-9, something like that, and may still have a chance to get into the playoffs, if not actually make it this Yeah, I mean, year. we had
0: it two years ago with uh, Washington, and, I mean, it could happen again. I don't know, but. Well, also, speaking of Washington, I didn't even include it on this, but Carson went to the to the Commanders now, and the Commanders being their new name now. I don't think we've even had a chance to talk about that on the show yet. but We did. We, did, we, talk did. Yeah, we did, talk about, did talk about it. Yeah, we did talk about that. All right, good. Well, Carson went to the Commanders back in the NFC East. What was your thoughts on that? Because that kind of – I didn't see that coming. I thought he was going to stay with Indy for at least one more year. Mm.
2: I did as well, but I'm not expecting, you know, any better result out there
0: in Washington. I, yeah, I see no improvement over yeah. uh, the GOAT, Tyler Heineke. Of
2: not course.
3: <laughs> I think it's a better – better situation for him uh it's a little bit more motivation being getting able to play uh the eagles twice um i think it's a team i think he's got like no one expecting him to do anything so that's always a good good thing for anybody because to feel doubted Uh for a lot of guys that helps them become the best version of themselves so i think he's got a defense that's still pretty solid and he's got some i mean he's got curtis samuel and terry mclaurin yeah, to throw to Antonio and,
0: Gibson JD McKissick as the running backs yeah. it's not not a bad tandem at all
3: and they needed a quarterback because as much as y'all hype up Heineke he's probably one of the worst quarterbacks I've seen at in this the NFL. point I think it's just <laughs> become a meme on the show I mean I think he's okay
2: I think he's worthy of starting somewhere in the NFL but yeah by no means do I think he's like a top 20 quarterback yeah,
0: we're not serious right yeah, yeah. right yeah. <laughs> I mean honestly
2: I'm not I just think you know we had a episode where I woke up feeling dangerous and started talking about that but yeah, yeah.
0: I, I think he I don't know if he's he's a good player I don't I wouldn't say he's starting level I say he's Mitch Trubisky level which apparently now is starting quality because he's with the Steelers and we'll get to that in a second you think but.
3: Heineke is even close to Mitch Trubisky's level
0: I mean, I, could, I don't have the stats to even back up say that argument. I currently right
3: now they're somewhere on the same tier. What I mean by it is they're you a know, fringe starter, but they're he- very quality Heineke backups. Never, Heineke played in the playoffs, but never took a team to the playoffs necessarily. He about beat a team in the playoffs. And what Almost? What does that count in? Yeah, Horseshoes and hand grenades. Horseshoes and hand grenades, yeah. I'll
1: say this for the commanders right now. If, they, if, if, if their defense with Montez Sweat, Chase Young... Um, in that gang, if they can get their if they can get their act together on that front floor or whatnot, and if um, Carson Wentz can at least graft somewhat of that MVP caliber twenty seventeen season and whatnot, the Commanders could be a dark horse for the playoffs this year. But if Carson Wentz plays like he has here recently, where he's like off and on, hot cold, hot cold, hot cold, and stuff like that. It, it, it's not going to be much different than having Henneke start. I'm sorry. It's but. not
2: even a dark horse at that point. All you have to do is <laughs> beat the Cowboys twice, and you're in the playoffs. That's well, what you got to
3: do. You could get if the Eagles have a good draft and Hurts plays some average, then they're going to go right back to the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I mean that's fair, but I am
3: not counting on that. No, I, I don't know. But they do have know. three picks in the first round, well, so no, that listen. could change things. It could. could.
0: Obviously, I'm the NFC East guy with the Cowboys, but you all know the NFC East champion trend, right? Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a repeat champion since 2003-04 20, with the Eagles. Every year since then, there has not been a back-to-back NFC East champion. It's always been a different team than the previous year.
3: Oh yeah, and we know Dallas isn't winning it again.
0: Yeah, and apparently Dallas can't win it again <laughs> because we won it last year. So it's it's the Commanders of the Eagles, it, or maybe Danny Dimes if something magical happens. But That's I not I don't Highly know if Danny
1: Dimes will start for the Giants this year. They might not. Did they? Tyrod Taylor just got They got Tyrod yeah. Taylor, mm-hmm. so
0: who knows if Danny Dines loses? Maybe Tyrod Taylor actually comes in and steals a starting spot for once instead of losing the starting spot. I don't <laughs> know. Tyrod Taylor also
2: goes in that Mitch Trubisky, Taylor Heineke to me.
0: Well, let's, let's talk about this because, Chris, you're kind of our, our Steelers guy just because of the Dwayne Hashkins connection. So he's now Dwayne Hashkins and Mitch Trubisky's team, and Mitch Trubisky just came in and took Hashkins' starting spot.
3: Well, it was never Haskins' starting yeah, spot it to Mason begin with. was Rudolph's. Was it player. really? I mean, he was the quarterback, too. I mean, oh, wow. this is the thing. Um, it was good the Steelers got Trubisky. I still think he's a, a very talented quarterback, just played in an unfortunate system, uh, as we all know, with the Bears and Matt Nagy. Yeah. But I think it'll work really well for him to be on a team that has a history of winning and, and a great, obviously, one of the best coaches in the NFL. I think, truly, Tomlin. Uh, what he's done since he's been with the Steelers is, is magnificent, and mm-hmm. the fact that he hasn't had a losing season since his t- in his time there is is awesome. Yeah. So I think uh, he's going to be in a tough, kind of a tough division with the Ravens, the Steelers and the Browns. But we'll see what he's capable of doing uh this year and you know, we can kind of finally get rid of was it the system or was it the player uh talks with his time in Pitt.
0: Yeah, who comes who comes last in the AFC North? The Browns or the Steelers this year?
3: Probably uh right
1: now I got Browns.
3: Depending on who they get, but <clears throat> I mean, you'd have to probably lean towards the Steelers, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards the Browns, to, but also
2: depending on who they get. I mean, they yeah. did release Jarvis Landry as well, so they're without him and OBJ. Yeah. So their receiving core is kind of diminished. They still have good running backs, yeah. but it all depends on that quarterback they, position. I mean,
0: they brought in Amari Cooper, don't forget, which yeah, uh, good in Dallas. They are projected we'll to draft there.
2: Garrett Wilson as well. So. And, and, Donovan,
1: ha- and Donovan Peoples-Jones is actually really solid he, he's, he's a, he's a good just, number three or yeah. four, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Anthony Schwartz is the fastest man in the NFL. Don't Bernie me. Oh, yeah. They do have him, yeah. What was his time? I don't know, but he I don't know, but he. Uh, he wants to still run the Olympics one day. So if you're going to do that, there's probably only two guys in the NFL that have that ability, being him and
3: Cheetah. Yeah, and I still think the Browns have great – core young players I and mean, you got Chubb you got Miles Garrett you got Denzel Ward yeah, their um, defense is not to be messed with I'm right still they're still yeah. a decent defense they did lose Clowney but I don't think he was that big of a piece mm-hmm. and anyway. no he was not
0: yeah all right I want to get to this one too we're just gonna you're know we getting through these free agency topics the whole Dallas Cowboys situation right now obviously we lost Amari Cooper with the Browns we just kind of mentioned that Cedric Wilson to the Dolphins which means we lose our number our wide receivers one and four and Cedric Wilson even as a wide receiver four he's a wide receiver two on a lot of NFL teams he was a solid solid player I'm sad to lose him what do we kind of make of the way the Dallas is working their offense right now going forward? Because obviously Zeke's kind of washed. Me and Chris were talking about maybe he's going to get traded at the middle of the season. Who knows what's going to happen there? We're missing a bunch of receivers, could possibly draft some guys. Maybe James Washington trade Jarvis Landry for NC signing. Who knows? Pick up Wash Julio Jones if they're really stupid. I don't know. But where do we kind of see the future of this team going? Because they're looking to repeat as an NFC East champions, which you also just mentioned. But Protect history...
2: C.D. Lamb at all costs.
0: Uh-huh.
3: Oh, yes. Well, I think it's exactly what I said before. You're mm-hmm. going to get rid of your players, fail this season, fire Matt. Uh, what's his name? McCarthy, McCarthy, and then get Sean Payton. That's exactly what Jerry Jones wants to do. It's the perfect. It's the perfect way to do it. Jerry Jones busts my buns. You get rid of all <laughs> your key players, or not mm-hmm. necessarily key, but you know players that helped win a couple of games this mm-hmm. year. You get rid of those guys. You get Mark- McCarthy can't really do much because he's not that tremendous of a coach he's okay but he's not going to do miracles here and you know that gives you an excuse if he misses the playoffs or loses the first round you get him out of there you hire Sean Payton and you satisfy the fans I mean I
0: think everybody's going to be happy with that Mm -hmm.
3: and I mean our defense
0: now is seeming like the strength of this team and our offense is still going to be I'd say top half of the league with the people we got and Dak Prescott's going to make us competitive regardless and I think Whether you want to believe the conspiracy theories last year or not, whether that second half of the season kind of slump our offense had was Jerry Jones' doing because they didn't want to force it to Amari Cooper just to create the narrative that he needs to be traded. Who knows if you want to dive in that conspiracy theory? I certainly have a little tickle in my brain that believes it because Cole Beasley in 2018 literally said that the front office force feeds different receivers just to create trade accusations, and I kind of believe it. But now our defense seems to be the strong point. Obviously, we couldn't get Randy Gregory signed. He kind of jumped ship to Denver on a weird deal. But now we got the cap space. Instead of using that money for Randy Gregory, we could get Von Miller or they could get, you know, um, Bobby Wagner out of Seattle because he's now a free agent after they released him with the Russell Wilson trade. And there's a lot of different moving pieces there. And obviously, you know, Trayvon Diggs, you got Micah Parsons, you got strong core and who knows where it's going to go. We got... Not to forget, uh, Dan Quinn back as well, so that was a huge signing. I'll
1: tell you what, right now, if, if y'all can protect uh, CD Lamb, I mean, you got all the co- I feel like you got to compose on offense to be a confident offense. I mean, y'all won't be like an explosive blockbuster like offense, no, nah, like, I like, mean, like, the Chiefs flash, or whatnot, but, yeah. but your defense is good enough to carry you to the playoffs and, and even further, like into the if you get into a run, if y'all cannot choke in the playoffs, of course, but. Yeah um yeah but I, I mean I, I think Dallas is still a team coming out of the NFC East that needs to be you know feared and you know worried about and stuff like that even with the diminished talent and whatnot but um I don't think they'll be near as dangerous as they were last year but I still think it's a solid team regardless
0: I just want to make the playoffs and end the stupid NFC East champion streak I don't want this the Eagles or the football team or the commanders now to win that division. I just want to end that streak. I'll be happy. And who knows what we do in the playoffs. But, you know, if you make it there, everyone's 0-0 and you have a chance. So, I don't know. We um, How much time we got left? We got a little bit more. Chris, I have this on the show notes as well, I want to hear your opinion. The Jaguars, this receiving core, they're kind of building up here. We kind of had a talk. Zay Jones from the from the Raiders. I know y'all were talking about this one. My boy. Just him included. Overall, what are the Jaguars doing this uh, this offseason so far? What's
3: making you happy or sad? You know, it's not necessarily making the team better in a stance of you're bringing in better players, but we're bringing in new faces. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing, who have some kind of talent. Yep. You know, we're not bringing in these guys that I've honestly never heard of in my life who you probably look at on Madden, they're like a 52 overall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those <laughs> kind of new faces. I'm talking about guys who are you know solid pieces, who have some quickness, have some playmaking ability, and some guys who can help Trevor Lawrence out, which is the biggest thing that we needed to do, which I think Zay Jones... Uh, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, guys like that can do, you know, it's not Dan Arnold you make a trade for, you get rid of a first round pick for an old tight end who can barely move anymore, and uh, <laughs> that's your, oh my gosh, that's your saving grace for the rest of the season, no, we're not doing that you know, we have we have uh, brought in some some good pieces, and I think Balky's spending money because he has to and people are all, I think some fans are all why are we spending so much money, because you have to you're Jacksonville, you're not a nice city You're not a team that has a history of winning. You have nothing that draws free agents in other than big contracts. So that's why
1: Jacksonville has to spend all this money.
3: No, I mean. You okay. go ahead.
1: Okay. And I want to add on to what Chris is saying over here, too. Because, and another thing, too, is you have, a, and I hate to say this because I know he's Trevor Lawrence, and everybody loves to ride the, 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 the Trevor Lawrence oh, train. Don't he's, worry, we're not the
0: highest in the
2: world. Yeah, we're not Clemson fans here. You're okay, good to good. say whatever you want to say.
1: Listen, <laughs> I have said this from the day he came out of draft, that if you get pressure on him, he is not a good quarterback. And it proved my point all last year. He is not a proven quarterback, too. That is another thing that's why you got a lot of people where you got to pay a lot of money for these receivers to come here. Even, I mean, just imagine you try to go after, like, someone like like a washed Julio Jones right now. He would probably say no to that, too, because, I mean... I mean, Lawrence is unproven. He's a turnover machine. Mm-hmm. He he got a bunch of pressure on him last year. And the thing is, I have not seen one move to try to improve that that offensive line, at least to my knowledge. And their defense isn't getting any better. So you're still going to be giving up a lot of points every game and stuff like that. So, I mean, you can build all the receivers you want and stuff like that. But until you start making a lot of fundamental, you know, like inside, you know, improvements and stuff like that, they're not going to go anywhere. And especially with an unproven Trevor Lawrence, who's a 6'5", you know, I mean, sure, he can move. Sure, he can do all these things and stuff like that. But, you know, until he sells down and can start playing under pressure, he's not going to do anything for you. I'm sorry, but it's yeah. just not well, going to work.
3: What I what I will say on that is if you watch Jacksonville last year, O-line wasn't really the issue. Yeah. The reason we failed was because we, receivers could not get open, which gave Trevor no, nobody to throw to. And he had to throw – he kind of had to force stuff, and that's why there was a couple extra yeah. picks. But I don't think necessarily he's – Bad and and if you look at it, in any quarterback who gets pressure on them, they're not going to play it very well. Yeah. I mean that's kind of the thing. You have to protect the quarterback, give him time to throw. Brady's had that for a lot of his career. That's why he does so well. And I don't really think defense is necessarily that. I mean, people forget we held the Buffalo Bills to six points. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a good job right there. I mean, <laughs> if if we can keep it going, uh, I think we're kind of a scrappy team that can play you know, well at certain times. You just got to turn it on all the time. And uh, I think we're going to have a better season. You know, upwards over five wins would be great. Um, but I think we have a better system, better coach, better chemistry, and just better atmosphere in general.
0: I mean, hey, number one, you've had the number one overall pick the last two years. There's only, only up from here, I'd say, really. Well,
3: I hope we trade. Now that we've gotten <laughs> what we have in free agency, yeah. I really hope that opens the door for let's trade back, get extra picks. And get more out of this draft. I don't think we need the O-lineman at one or Thibodeau or Hutchinson at one. I think we could, if we can trade back, somehow manage to get like a seventh, or, you know, anywhere around the 10th pick, maybe get lucky and go, uh, grab Sauce Gardner, we've won the draft. And then you can get a, another piece on offense uh, later on in the first or early second. Mm-hmm. You win. Yep. You win the
0: draft. You win the day. I mean, that was my bold prediction. One of them was that they trade out of the first. And I, I'm totally on board of that train. I yeah. think y'all should definitely trade out. I just we, don't think have you to. need it. There's not a player, number one, that's so desperate you need to be there. And no. you have the ability to trade out. So I don't see why you wouldn't.
3: There's more value further back than at one. Mm-hmm. I, pro- I, can, I can promise you that. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to hit this last topic, then we'll go into a break. Deshaun Watson. We talked about it a little bit in the in the in the uh, in the break between the shows. He's looking to be moved. Obviously, no more uh, criminal charges against him. He's free to go. He is free to look in that free agency search. And Falcons, Saints, Browns, Panthers, a lot of teams are interested. And uh, there's been a lot of talk recently. So, what kind of updates do we have? I know the Browns. They 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 talked with them, and there's kind of been some mutual interest, mutual disinterest there. The Falcons have talked to them. There's been mutual interest there, and the Saints and the Panthers are also kind of throwing their 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 towel in, trying to, you know snag him up. So what are we thinking here?
2: You're a Panthers fan, yeah? Yeah. You go for it it first.
1: Listen, it just makes sense. This is a completely biased opinion here. I'm not going to, I'm full disclosure, this is a completely biased opinion here, but it just makes sense. Deshaun Watson grew up you know, grew up around the area. I actually know people who have actually, you know, grown up around Deshaun Watson. Really good guy. I knew he did. I knew those charges would get dropped. Just, just saying. But, um, but no. Um, no, I mean, it just makes sense for him to come home to Carolina and stuff like that, and play. You know, close to where you went to college. First of all, second of all, close to home and whatnot. I mean, it just makes sense to come back. And really, I mean a lot of things that people don't really see about the Panthers is we have the offensive weapons for him, you know, here. I mean, DJ Moore is a very underrated receiver right now. Like the guy can flat play football. He is definitely a, a, our receiver one, you know, we got, we just, um, drafted Terrence Marshall, Marshall Jr. This past year, the guy can play football. Um, Robbie Anderson, I think, with the right quarterback, can even come back to his like New York Jets days, where people were saying he was an underrated receiver. Um, and of course, we have, at least for the time being, I think we still have Ian Thomas, who you know, uh all
2: y'all signed him to a contract extension.
1: Yeah, so we have we have Ian, you know, Thomas, who you know, really good, you know, fast tight end. Sure, I mean, is he you know the most reliable? Maybe not, but he is you know to some degree a good tight end. Um, obviously we have McCaffrey, which personally as injury prone as he is, and as much as we've used him up and whatnot, and I'll take full, you know, you know, Panthers, I'll take responsibility for the reason why he's become so injury prone, but you know, if it comes down to it, I'd rather have Watson than McCaffrey right now, just because of the way our offense is built. Plus we have Chuba Hubbard, who, you know, is at least a decent enough running back to get the job done. At least he proved that last year. So, um, I I think it makes sense personally, just my opinion, but Mm-hmm.
3: I think uh, I think it's better for him to stay away. And sorry to say this, to stay away from Carolina because I think what they're going to have to give up to get him is the whole the whole core you would need to succeed when you're there. Well, it's the same with the Saints because those are the
2: two those are the two teams. You know them; those two, Atlanta, Cleveland fell through. Indianapolis apparently they're not going to do any sort of trade with Houston from what Houston said. So, you know, even if you go to New Orleans or you go to Carolina, all of the pieces that you're going to have to give away to Deshaun Watson, you know,
3: you're no going to have gonna, to. No one's going to get Michael Thomas, though. That's you, not going to be involved. Think? No. I think it's just going to be strictly for New Orleans draft and somebody else. Maybe. Camaro. Maybe him, but he's got a lot going on with him now, too. I don't know if anybody wants that. But Fine. I think I think you got to go for the bigger market. Um, and I think Nessus, maybe New Orleans is probably bigger than, than Carolina. I would agree. For that. And Yeah. You know, if, if I were him, only two places I would consider. I don't know if Atlanta's high in this or not. Um, but I would, I would either probably I'd, I'd rather go to Atlanta, New Orleans, or, or Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the path. Because right now you go to the Panthers, you've got a coach who's well on his way out. Yeah. Uh, if you don't succeed then he's well on his way. And I think he wants out. I think he wants to go back to college. So I just don't I don't think I'd want to go into that situation.
0: Well, let me get this. I'm going I'm going I'm going to jump in here while we're running out of time. Liam or I know you you me and Chris, we know this. There's in Brandon Allen formulas, there's kind of this curse we have on the show. Where the Thursday after our show is when big news drops. It always happens. And then we have to wait a whole six days to talk about it, and then it's 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 late news. Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's literally old news. Yeah, yeah. It, it, this has happened at least like five, six times. I feel like, and we kind of said it, we kind of joked earlier today that Deshaun Watson's gonna get traded tomorrow. It's gonna happen. Well, now Jay Glazer, a bunch of uh, NBC, a bunch of reports are saying that it's almost certain a trade's happening today. Like every team involved knows that it's happening today or early, early tomorrow. So it's gonna happen after the show, obviously. Of course, of course, <laughs> per Plus, usual. It's at least close. And so I want y'all just to kind of say now, because there's not gonna be a chance for y'all to second guess yourselves here. Just make your prediction where
3: he's going. Nola. I'll just say Cleveland. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think they're desperate to get success from a quarterback, uh-huh. and they have to. They
1: have to make some kind of move to do it. I'll say this now, I know, like I said, I was, I was biased with the whole Carolina Spiel and whatnot, but I, I think you, I think Chris is right, I think you do go for the best market and whatnot, and I do think with the pieces that, at least, at least like the city that New Orleans has, not to mention they have a pretty good defense, they have a pretty, you know, proven, couple proven receivers who, you know, not a lot of people, you know, um, uh, who's uh, number 11 for the Saints? He proved himself to be pretty good last mm-hmm. year. Um, I think the Saints overall have a pretty good core. I think if they build on that, they get Watson, be pretty good. Because of the Browns, definitely, you know, you got, um, now you have Amari Cooper, you have Donovan Peoples Jones, you have Anthony Schwartz, you got a pretty good defense there. So mm-hmm. I think either one of those things would be pretty good. And of course, you know as much as I hate to say, you know I don't think the Panthers would probably be high on his totem pole, or whatnot. <laughs> but if he did come here to be great, but I understand, you know, it's a business and you got to go where you got to go to succeed. Yeah. I don't think Pan—I don't think he had the best success in Carolina. So I'll, um, I- I'll be, you know, um proactive in this and i'll say that you know i i wish him well wherever he goes so that yeah. that's just my opinion
0: well i think we're all kind of in agreement to disagree because i my prediction is atlanta i'm saying that he's going to come to atlanta biggest market of all of them maybe arguably with new orleans but coming to atlanta they're going to probably bring in another receiver like <laughs> someone like jarvis langer potentially
2: well that's any receiver because calvin ridley's goners yeah so mm-hmm.
0: yeah exactly they're going to bring in somebody you have kyle
2: pitts
3: who's an elite tight end. i think yeah kyle One pitts, pitts there. there
0: cordell patterson still there they're gonna have. They're gonna bring somebody in. I'd predict uh, Jarvis Landry, and then also with Matt Ryan, they're gonna ship him off to either Indi- Indianapolis or uh, Seattle. I'd say, and he'll finish off his career somewhere there.
2: Yeah, that
3: that could definitely happen. I mean, he's from Georgia, right? Isn't that where he's yeah born from?
2: Deshaun, it? or at least he played high school Deshaun's, ball in Georgia. Yeah, yeah. He played in Georgia. So, so
3: I mean, that that's that makes sense. I think it, if it's coming down to if he wants to stay close to home, yeah, it would make more sense to go to Atlanta than Carolina. Yeah, uh, but you know. I think it could be either, like you said, I'm I'm feeling either Atlanta, New Orleans, or Browns. Those are the three options that he's going we'll, to... All of us predict
0: a difference, so we'll see who's right. We'll go into a break here, and when we get back, f1 preseason is over f1 bahrain first race of the season's coming up so we will talk about that me liam we will get into that so stay tuned for that listen to our podcast if you're not able to catch the rest of this episode or missed the beginning of it we upload our podcasts these live shows every week tonight late nights wednesday just look up off the bench on any major podcasting platform including spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen just look up off the bench and you can find our show in all episodes from this season and the previous two. All three seasons, again, that is at Off The Bench. Look, look us up there, listen to one song, and we'll be back with some F1 preseason talk. And we are back here on Off The Bench. My name is Hayden Joyner, joined with Chris Fortenberry, Liam Worley, and special guest Brandon Blankenship. Finished up some NFL free agency talk, and now motorsports is back on for the season. NASCAR is back, and we've talked a ton about that. But now we're going to get into F1 preseasons ending, and the first race is this weekend. So we'll dedicate a little little end of the show segment to this one. And uh, I don't know how much you kept up with preseason testing, Liam. I know I kept up with it a ton, and I'm sure you did too. But just, I,
2: I looked at uh, I looked at all the practice results, you know, as they would come out, you yeah. know, on Motorsport.com and whatnot.
0: Yeah, it was. I feel like it, it was a weird one. I don't know. It's probably just the new cars. You it's know? just a
2: lot of a lot of parody or whatever. It's kind of how NASCAR has been saying with this new car. They've been yeah, using the yeah, word yeah. parody a lot. It's kind of the same thing we've seen so far in uh, F1 testing.
0: Well, I, I mean, I feel like one of the biggest storylines is simply just the teams covering up what they're doing or trying to be secretive of what they're doing, just to sandbag or not let the opponents know what, what kind of stuff they're bringing on their car. And yeah. that's kind of half the story. I feel like half the headlines I've seen have been interviews of Lewis Hamilton or George Russell or Mercedes engineers asking, if, is your car actually good or is it actually trash? Because nobody knows right now because it's yeah. not looking super good, but just history tells you it's
2: probably good. It's, it's lies. Whatever the Mercedes people are saying is lies because George is like, yeah, I think uh, Ferrari have the best cars. And, you know, Carlos Sainz just said out that's typical Mercedes, typical yeah, yeah. George Russell, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I kind of agree with all uncle carlos
0: well and everyone says like oh it's just the, the you know you sandbag to not let the opponents think you have a good car so they're not trying to copy your car style but then also part of me is just like i, I don't know if anyone else shares this theory of mine but you know lewis hamilton has done this kind of thing in the past couple seasons where he downplays his car so much even we even in like re- race weekends in the middle of the season he downplays how good the car's doing just to turn up on the first day of quality or the race and just smash the competition yeah and part of me makes it are they trying to cre- create a narrative of, like, they're the underdogs? I know they did it a ton last year saying that Red Bull had the best cars every weekend just to create the narrative that they're the underdogs and they're overcoming so much when, in reality, they have the best car. And maybe they're just doing that because they've been so dominant they don't want people to get tired of them. I don't know, but that's kind of, like, my theory. Like, it's trying to be, like, a psychological mind game not just the teams but
2: the 100% agree with you no and I know some people from Great Britain and they are all Lewis Hamilton fans I mean they Uh love all their you know British drivers whether it be him Lando Norris George Russell whoever but they all ride the coattails of Lewis Hamilton and (laughs) you know I'm sure that it's gonna that Mercedes will be fine and all that stuff.
0: I mean, I've had this working theory for so long, and it's not even just like in their car setups, but like in the race, you know, the whole joke, oh, Bono, my tires are gone kind of deal, Mm -hmm. or Hamilton says his tires are trash, and then he still like sets fastest laps. Yeah. I'm like, is he just saying that for people to think that he's overcoming so much and that he's that good of a racer?
2: Well, and, you know, it's kind of what we saw with Formula One in past years where you have to manufacture some sort of, you know, pull to the sport, you know, and, you know, competition to the races. That way people don't turn the channel when we're 30 laps into the race and, Uh. you know, Lewis Hamilton has a 30-second lead.
0: You have to give... The fans some kind of hope that something could happen when in reality it's most likely not at least in past years. I mean this upcoming year has so much change we could potentially see yeah. three or four teams fighting at the top regularly. But I'm
1: excited to see this season of Formula One because I, I I really think this is probably going to be one of the best most competitive seasons we've had since like the mid you know or like late uh, 2000s early 2010s and whatnot mm-hmm. before they went to the V6 hybrid era. Um, I I I kind of like. Going into the first week, obviously, I think Mercedes and Red Bull, I, I think they will they will definitely be the two favorites going, coming in. Obviously, they're the two best manufacturers right now. But I think Ferrari is going to make a, a, a shocking – I think Ferrari and McLaren are both going to come out week one, and I think they'll be very competitive. I think this car is going to create more competition. I think the field will be a lot more closer, at least from the times. I've seen the times have been – um, a, a lot more um, compact and you know more like together uh, than in years past here. So I'm definitely um, I'm definitely intrigued to see what this car does this weekend in Bahrain personally. Yeah, I mean
0: I don't I don't know when it comes to the pecking order of this race. I do I think Red Bull and is the, they're going to be the team to beat. They've looked the best in testing. Max has at the fastest times in testing, and I think that's going to carry over a bit with them. Mercedes has been downplaying their car a lot. You know they've had porpoising issues. They've had you know, just issues with the setup, not being the quickest, it just issues with the car overall. And obviously, their, their car is a very different kind of design, you know, virtually no side pods, very skinny compared to, like, the Red Bull, which is a little wide, and the Ferrari, which is ultra wide. Um, they're a little bit different, and yes, they've been downplaying the car, but from a bunch of people who have been at these test sessions have said that Mercedes just haven't looked like the most stable car in the world, and I think there's definitely a little bit of truth there. Now, whether they come up to, pr- to practice and, and, uh, and qualify and stuff upcoming weekend and smash the competition, who knows? It's kind of the same story as last year, but... I kind of feel like in my head that the pecking order right now for this upcoming race is going to be Red Bull at the top, Ferrari kind of like just right there behind them, definitely be able to compete for the win, but maybe not the favorites. And then you have McLaren and Mercedes kind of tied for that third spot right now. I feel like both of them, just coming out of the test, kind of looked very similar. Both had issues. Both had the same kind of car design, same engine, obviously. So I feel like they're going to be kind of fighting for that third best team this first yeah. weekend. And I feel like Mercedes over the course of the season will eventually get back to that top pecking order. But as for now, I feel like it's Red Bull favored for the win, and then Ferrari right there behind them, definitely with a solid chance at a double podium or a victory too.
2: I think that's I think that's fair. Uh, I think I think Verstappen's going to win the race. I think I think we're going to see signs on the second step, and then
0: Checo. Oh, you kill me, Liam! Fettered. You kill me. <laughs> oh well, Charles will win the, will win the championship. Right. Don't worry, he'll come second at least. I...
1: I, I I really want to see what the mid pack is going to look like. This I know is kind of a, a change of subject, whatnot, but I'm kind of curious, like what the mid pack teams like Atari and um um uh, Alpine
0: it? and Aston Martin. Yeah, Aston
1: Martin, Alpine, um, even a team like um like. Uh, Alpha Romeo with uh, Valtteri Bottas on the team now, you know what I mean? That, that could definitely be and, and the rookie driver Zhao. I can't remember his yeah, name. Ullo. Yeah, Guanujo, Guan Yeah, yeah, no. Guanujo, yeah. I think um I think they'll definitely be competitive. I know um Kimi Raikkonen going uh retiring this year, definitely a loss for them, but I think uh with Valtteri Bottas, I, I definitely think they'll have a chance for um some some solid points throughout the season. I think uh, Zhao will um, get some uh, solid points as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, the only—I t- mean, of course, Williams could even come out and surprise us with Alex Albon and um, uh, Nicholas Latifi and whatnot. They could definitely mix it up. I mean, they definitely did last year, midway through the season and whatnot. Uh, Haas is like the only outlier right now. They're kind of the unknown of like what they're going to look like this year. Uh-huh. I still think they're you know pretty you know low mid to you know back of the pack and whatnot. But with uh, K Mag and. Um, uh, Shumi Jr. in there and whatnot I, I'm definitely interested to see what that Haas team does as well so
0: yeah the thing like, I'm most excited about this season let alone like I'm a, I'm a Charles Leclerc fan and a Ferrari fan like them getting the chance to have a you know compete for wins and potentially a championship in either drivers or constructors just the midfield and the lower midfield, how closely that will be compacted. Because through testing, there kind of doesn't seem to be a very big pecking order of who's the best in the midfield and who's the worst. You can say McLaren's kind of the top and then maybe Williams and Alpha Romeo are at the bottom, but Haas made big steps. Williams have made big steps last year and they're going to look to contend, continue that trend as well. And then who knows where Alfa is going to be. I will say if I want to make a bold prediction is that of all like the midfield teams last year, you know, everybody's saying that teams are going to make a step up this year, and everybody's going to get better, but that's that can't be true. You know, if everybody gets better, then nobody gets better technically. Some teams have to get worse, and if I had to make that prediction, it's going to be Aston Martin. They didn't run a ton of, of laps and testing. They had issues. And it just didn't look like a very strong car. That thing fun. That thing uh, spun multiple times. So I I could make the prediction that that Aston's the worst or second worst team this first race, just because they haven't kind of gotten all their ducks aligned. The oh yet. yeah, for sure.
1: That's um, fair. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I um I think Sebastian Vettel definitely you know getting older and whatnot. I don't think that really helps Maris. And I mean, I'm sorry, but Lance Stroll is not as good as. Um, he is not nah. that good. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sorry. But um, I'm going to make a bold prediction uh, right quick, too, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, what you got? I think Pierre Gasly gets uh, fifth place this year. Fifth place in the Constructors? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that Alpha
0: looks like a fantastic car. Right? I
2: think there's going to be nine different winners this year.
0: Ooh. Nine. Nine. So, nine. so n- let, me, let me, I don't know how you're thinking this, but are we taking the two drivers of the top four teams, and then plus an outlier? All righty. Who's the outlier?
2: Fernando Alonso. Oh,
0: he'd Fernando. retire. He'd retire at the end of the season if that happened. I feel like
2: he's hey, gonna a, he's gonna win a race.
1: Yeah. Hey, he does have a little bit of juice left in him. I, I tell you that battle that he and uh, Lewis Hamilton had at um oh mm-hmm. uh, what track I can't remember I watched Hungry. it Hungary yeah, Budapest yeah. yeah Budapest yeah no um you know I mean the battle he had there I mean that, I mean that was like a vintage Fernando mm-hmm. Alonso like fight I for think, I think third, a lot of that you know? a lot of
0: that was just person personal. Issues with Lewis Hamilton with their time at McLaren. He was like, you know what? I'm just gonna I get still, this one I mean, chance I mean, to deny him something. Let's just do it. But right still, here.
1: the fact that he put up that much of a fight in an Alpine car, I, mm-hmm. I mean, that was the most impressive thing. I think one of the most impressive things from last season, personally.
0: Yeah, I mean, this season. This season overall is just going to be super competitive, super fantastic, and I can't wait to kind of see where it goes. Obviously, I kind of just hope. <laughs> There's a championship battle like we saw last year, not just between two drivers, between two whole teams. So four drivers total, maybe throw in a third team there in the mix if Mercedes can get their stuff together. Like just that's that's basically just going off of testing. They could have everything together right now. They're going to smash the competition first race. We won't really know. Like last year, Liam, you and I made bold predictions. I know, like you said, like Ricardo on the podium and some other fun stuff. And we we could kind of have an idea of what we were talking about last year just because of the way the cars were. We've seen those exact cars for four straight years, but now, you know. Alpine, you know, Alpine could just come up and smash the competition if we thought. Haas could finish 5-6 and six, for all we know. Who knows, man. We really don't know. I, I, If I want to make a bull prediction now, it's that Aston's going to be the biggest disappointment of the race, Haas is going to be the biggest surprise of the race, and that Ferrari get two drivers on their podium. That's what I'd say.
2: I like it. Who do you have won in the championship this year, drivers-wise?
0: My heart tells me Charles. My brain tells me Max. Okay. but uh, I'm going Max as yeah. well.
1: I'm going to make it a clean sweep. I, I mean, I know Lewis Hamilton will probably make a run at it and and whatnot, but I, I think Max Verstappen right now, he, he is the guy. I mean, I, I think last year was kind of a, a, a passing of the torch of sorts, and I think Max Verstappen will definitely be um, my favorite for this year.
0: Now I'll give you this one. This is really bold, and it's not just for Bahrain. But come the summer break, I don't know where they'll be at in the whole grand scheme of things, but I'd say come summer break, George Russell is leading Lewis Hamilton in the points count.
1: Oh, I, you know, that's not even shocking. I, I could see that too. I mean, George Russell really brings a lot to the table. I think he's got a lot of talent behind the wheel. I definitely think he, he has earned his position at Williams – I mean, Lewis Uh-oh. Hamilton. That would be good.
0: It was just, it was just fantasy stuff. I uh, was yeah. it? "Did Chris
3: find the Deshaun Watson trade?" <laughs> no, but it's, I'm reading a lot about it, and it's looking more likely he's going to Atlanta than anywhere else. <laughs> I, I did
1: see, I did see that. Um, apparently, Houston's asking for three first rounds and Brian Burns from the Panthers. So they're not going so to do that. No. Yeah. <laughs> <blind>. <laughs> no, right? I don't think they're going to do that. Christ, i will be blind. I know, right? I can't do that. I
0: can't do that. I'd give them Christian McCaffrey before I forked over three firsts. I'd say.
1: Damn. And, Brian Burns. and, Brian, Bur- and Brian, Brian Burns is our Hallmark player right now. That's our yeah. that's our All Pro. Yeah, well, we'll
3: see if Atlanta falls through. But yeah, they're um, projecting quite the offense. They're projecting Deshaun, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller, and Kyle Pitts to be the offense. What the heck?
1: Where
2: are they getting this money from? <laughs> I know, right? That's like paying eighty four million for Christian Kirk. Did, yeah, the,
1: Migos, did, did the Migos in future just have a collaboration on the Atlanta Falcons? Is uh, <laughs> like. Oh, Salary cap. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but
0: um, but no, with that George Russell thing, I'd say he beats Lewis in that first half, but in the second half, Lewis will get the better of him. He always comes strong at the end, and who knows if they're competitive enough to fight for a championship or just a podium on the championship. But who knows? But I think Lewis will beat him outright. But I think Russell is going to have a very successful season at Mercedes, and we saw that with Valtteri in the uh, in the Bahrain Grand Prix in twenty twenty. So who knows where this is going to go? But I'm excited for this one. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure we'll all be texting. I'll text you, Brandon. I'm going to text Liam, as sure. During the race, and uh, this will be an exciting one, definitely. Yes, sure. I'm
1: definitely gonna try. I mean, I'm definitely gonna
0: watch it. Um, oh, I mean, it's, it's it's Bahrain night race, so this is like it's like noon for us, so it's yeah. like the perfect. time. It's 11 a.m. 11 a.m. I don't have to wake up at five sometimes. Exactly. Those ter- like Turkey and Russia, man, those are the earliest races we gotta wake up for, and I do it. I do it because I just want to see what happens. And it was, I don't do it. It was it was worth it for Russia this past year. That was. I've never been more awake at 6 a.m. in my life. Sachi. <laughs> but no more Russia. No more Russia. No more but, Russia. Uh, anyway, that'll do us for the show. Brandon, thank you for coming on the yeah, show man. as well. Uh, appreciate having you on for the mm-hmm. whole thing. Chris, Liam, as well, as always, thank you for coming on. And we have exciting stuff. About a month left of the show before school lets out. And we look forward to the rest of the stuff. Frequency coming up. We'll talk F1, NASCAR, IndyCar. More coming up as well. And of course, in the next two weeks or so, we will be covering the March Madness tournament and all of that fun stuff. So stay tuned for that. Follow us on social media at Off the Bench XLR to stay up to date with the show, video clips, quotes, and more from our episodes. Just look us up there at Off the Bench XLR. Follow us on our podcasting network. We are on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen. Just look up Off the Bench with spaces in between it. That is Off the Bench. And you can find all episodes from this season and the previous two, all three total seasons of Off the Bench you can find on all platforms. Just check us out there. Remember to stay in the game and Off the Bench and have a good night.